helping you take control of your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. This is the KCLR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Power Hour with myself, Natalie Lennon, our third of the series. I am here with you every Wednesday evening until 7 p.m. on KCLR. As always, so excited to have the opportunity to dive deep into everything fitness, nutrition, mindset, and well-being with you. The aim of the Power Hour every single week is to make sure you walk away feeling more positive, uplifted, inspired, and most of all, empowered. Empowered with the tools to take control of your health and your well-being. I want to give you the knowledge that allows you to tap into your power to maximize the quality of your life inside and out. And of course, we want to have lots and lots of fun while we do it. So if you want to get in touch with any questions that I can help you with food or fitness or mindset or confidence related, please do so on our dinnersready.ie text line 083-306-9696. Coming up on this week's Power Hour, we have our Q&A as always, so get those questions in if I can help. Lots of interesting questions this week to answer. We have a wonderful interview with a physiotherapist from Carlo, specifically talking about strength training for osteoporosis. So you may be interested in that one. And I have an amazing man coming on to speak to me who will be swimming 245 kilometers down the Shannon. So you do not want to miss that. And we have our usual fitness funny story. We have our myth bust. And I want to find out how you got on with your homework from last week, your cheer challenge. Did you drink your water every morning? And of course, I have your new assignment for the week ahead. But first, we are going to go to a quick ad break and I will be back with you soon. Wednesdays from 6pm, the KCLR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Hello and welcome back. So we are going to dive into our weekly Q&A. Have something you want answered? Just let us know. It's the Power Hour Q&A. So if you have any questions, guys, please do send them in to me on our dinnersready.ie text line 083-306-9696. Now, these questions I got in from my Instagram followers, so I always ask for questions there as well. Please do get in contact with me there. It's at Nathalie Lennon with an underscore. That's N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E. Now, the first question that came in was, what exercises can I do to help me gain weight? Now, I know this might sound counterintuitive. If you want to gain weight, why would you be exercising? But it is still a common goal out there. For example, you, I'm sure, all know of a teenage boy who is starting off in the gym because he wants to gain some muscle mass. But often, girls want to gain muscle mass too. Particularly nowadays, it's becoming a lot more trendy to gain um, some muscle in our lower bodies, shall we say. So, if you want to gain weight and you're exercising at the same time, what can you do? Well, it's really important that you do weight-bearing exercises because you want to gain muscle mass, not just body fat. I am sure this goes out to anyone, any age. If you're doing weight-bearing exercises and you've never done them before, so we're talking going into a gym, lifting some dumbbells, lifting a barbell, we always recommend here on the Power Hour that you get a personal trainer and learn properly from the very beginning your form. Make sure you are doing the exercise correctly and you want to do a variety of exercises so that you're gaining muscle proportionally all around your body. Some of the exercises you want to do to help you gain muscle mass, to gain weight, the likes of a squat, 
a deadlift, a barbell row, a chin-up progression, a press-up, hip, hip thrust, lunges. Now, that might sound like double dutch to some of you, but once you go to a personal trainer, that would all make a lot of sense. And when you are doing exercises to help you gain some weight or muscle mass, you try and aim for a rep range of 8 to 12. So that term rep range is when you do 8 repetitions or 12 repetitions and those last few should be a real push. But remember, if you're trying to gain weight or muscle mass, you will not do it unless you're eating more food than you are burning. That is the key. And I can tell you from experience, because I've shared with you before, I have been underweight and worked really hard myself to gain some muscle mass. Food is the key. Plenty of protein throughout the day steadily. And carbohydrates are really important to help your muscles repair themselves too. So moving on to our next question. This is a really, really common one that I often see. Should I eat before I exercise? I go very early in the morning and I find it hard to get the time. Now, this is totally individual dependent. If you exercise very early in the morning, it is okay to do so in a fasted state. So that means you haven't eaten. However, be sure to be well hydrated like we did for our homework here on the Power Hour last week. Drink your glass of water first thing in the morning, maybe a coffee. Now, if you are exercising very early and you don't eat before it and you feel okay training, you're not too dizzy, you're not lightheaded, it is quite important to eat in the 30 minutes after you exercise to help your muscles recover. Now, that's not always the case. I know we may think we always have to eat after exercise. That's not the case. If you've had food during the day or beforehand, you're generally fine for a few hours. But if you're training in the morning fasted, try and get a snack or a meal which is high in protein and has carbohydrates afterwards. Now, this is going to be individual dependent. Some people may need a small amount before they train early in the morning. Maybe you can't stomach much. So some examples that you could try would be just a piece of fruit, a banana or an orange or maybe a protein shake. This is a good time to think about trying those or maybe a small yogurt. Now watch out for those yogurts because they can be sneaky. They can be very, very high in sugar and labels can fool you. So just check that the sugars are not too high and that it's higher in protein. Now, this next question, this is one of my favorite topics to dive into. Does caffeine really affect your sleep that much? I still get to sleep after a late cup of joe. Okay, so... Does caffeine affect your sleep? Because I often have people tell me, in particular one uncle, if he's listening to me, how are you doing, Brainerd? You can drink coffee at any time of night and it won't keep you awake. But I'm telling you now, it will affect the quality of your sleep. So caffeine, guys, it's a natural psychoactive substance. Now, you find it in food and in drink. But generally speaking, coffee is the most consumed caffeinated drink. Now, when we talk about the max recommended intake of caffeine, it's usually 400 milligrams. But to put that into perspective, if you don't know what 400 milligrams of caffeine looks like, in a small coffee that you might make at home, your instant coffee, there might be around 80 milligrams of caffeine. And they're saying the max recommended is 400. Now, this is if you're not someone who suffers with anxiety. If you suffer with anxiety... Having 400 milligrams of caffeine is definitely not going to be recommended. And when I say um, it varies, so an instant cup of coffee at home might have 80 milligrams. If you get a large cup of coffee in Costa, 
that could have over 200 milligrams. So if, like me, you're fine having coffees at home, but you go to Costa and you find yourself shaking afterwards, you're really anxious, you're hyper alert, that is because coffees vary greatly in terms of the level of caffeine. Cup of tea, you might only have 14 to 60 milligrams. Now, does it affect your sleep? Okay, so... Caffeine usually gives us like the max effects of feeling alert 30 to 60 minutes after we have it, depending on the on the individual. But when you have a cup of coffee or caffeine inside your brain, caffeine blocks these receptors called adenosine receptors. Now, this is a sleep promoting chemical. It's produced in our brain throughout the day and it builds up during the day so we get more sleepy at night. So you're blocking that if you drink coffee. Now, another fact about caffeine, it has what we call a half-life of six hours. So what does this mean? Well, if you have a cup of coffee at three o'clock in the day, six hours later at 9 p.m., your body is only processed through half of it. So if you're going to bed at an hour or two after nine o'clock, there's still caffeine in your system. But you can fall asleep, right? So then what's the problem? Now, some people won't fall asleep if they have a late coffee. I'm one of them. The problem is, well, yes, it can impact at the time you fall asleep, but it can reduce your sleep efficiency, the quality. So even if you still fall asleep after a cup of coffee, the level of deep, restful sleep, the sleep that we really want to wake up feeling refreshed and alert, that stage of sleep that is so important will be affected. For example, last week coming in to do the power hour, I had a very late coffee. I was very bold. I needed it. You know, we tell ourselves we need it. I had a coffee at 5 p.m. That night, my smartwatch records my deep sleep. It was only 12%. The night before, when I hadn't had a late coffee, it was 26%. So you can imagine my alertness and concentration after a late coffee versus an early one. So I would say try and avoid caffeine after two or three o'clock, the latest, if you can. Um, And one final question really quickly. Someone sent in one saying, I hate the gym. Have you any tips? Now, we get this a lot. Guys, you don't have to go to the gym. I also think a lot of people just haven't gone into the gym with the right mindset if you go into the gym thinking I hate my body and I want to change it you're never going to enjoy it I need you all to change that mindset wherever you are exercising be it in a gym be it at home do it because you're blessed to be able not because you hate your body do it because you are lucky enough to have this opportunity to look after your health not because you hate your body that will change how you view exercise and the gym. But also try a different class, try a different trainer. Um, So I hope that answers your question. Now, before I move on to um, a quick song, a quick ad break, apologies, I just want to mention really quickly, last week we had Sensei Larry McEnroe from Dragon's Lair here. Sensei Larry is going to do a free self-defense workshop in their Kilkenny Dojo, everybody, for all ages, for parents, for children. I will be there. It is going to be from 2 to 5 p.m. on February the 26th. So mark that in the diaries if you're interested in learning some self-defense. You don't want to miss it. Now, guys, I'm going to take you to a quick ad break and then we will be back with an interview with a Carlo-based physiotherapist talking all about the importance of strength, training and bone. Wednesdays from 6pm, the KCL or Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Hello and welcome back to the Power Hour with myself, Natalie Lennon, here on KCLR. So I had the wonderful opportunity to catch up with an amazing physiotherapist from Carlo, Gary Nolan, during the week. Here is how we got on. 
Okay, so today I am here with physiotherapist Gary Nolan. He has been a physio for the last eight years, has a bachelor degree in sports rehabilitation and athletic therapy, a master's in physiotherapy, and is a certified strength and conditioning coach from Carlo. How are you doing, Gary? I'm good, Natalie. How are you? I am delighted to have you here today. Um, so we're going to touch on the importance of strength training for bone health. But before we do, I want to ask you, what exactly is strength training? Strength training, I suppose, is probably misunderstood a lot, you know, in terms of what people think of what happens in a gym, what you should be doing in a gym. So strength training really, for me, is any type of resistance training that people engage in that makes them just that little bit stronger. It's not about becoming bodybuilder, powerlifter, or anything. Strength training is something we should all do just for general health. Um, there's different forms of it, so it doesn't always have to be gym-based. You can do like your home exercise, so bodyweight, calisthenics, any type of training that increases probably muscle mass, bone mass, our own strength is strength training, okay. in my opinion. And we often hear the words like resistance training mm-hmm. versus strength training versus weight training. Is there a difference between resistance and strength training? There's probably a little bit of a difference at the higher end of things in terms of what like pure strength is for somebody in terms of athletics or whether it's somebody competing like in a powerlifting competition. But resistance training and strength training are probably at a, most ba- at a more basic level for people, regular gym goers and just general population are pretty similar to each other. Yeah, there wouldn't be much of a difference. Okay, okay, that's yeah. good to know. Um, so when it comes down to older adults, because I'd really love to focus on that today, mm-hmm. what is the importance of weight training for older adults? Yeah, it can be really important. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is adding an extra weight to your exercises, yeah? Yeah, adding weight to exercise as well. Can, it, it's really important, um, and it's really important that you find someone to help you with it as well, like, so yeah. to make it enjoyable. So sometimes it can be it can be risky for people. There's very little risk in weight training, but like if you try and make it up yourself and you have no experience in the gym, it can just be a little, it'd be hard to get into it, probably, yeah. you know? So it's good to probably seek advice from somebody, whether it be at your local gym, physio, personal trainers, whatever. It's really good and it's really important as well as, as you get older to engage in strength training. So you want to probably be avoiding things like, um, obviously we're going to talk about osteoporosis yeah. today, but you know other things that are related to like osteopenia, which is a form of like lack or lowering bone density, not quite as bad as osteoporosis. Yeah. Sarcopenia, which is loss of muscle mass. Yeah. So all those things happen in older age and it's important probably strength training can kind of reduce the effects of them and slow it down a little bit. One thing each week on the power that we keep coming back to with everyone I'm speaking to is that you should always go to see the professional to make sure you're doing it properly. I think that's some, it's just a really important point that we can't hammer home enough. Um, so moving on from that then, when it comes to, you mentioned sarcopenia, so that's the loss of muscle mass as we age, yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so after every decade after the age of 30, I think I'm right in saying we have a decrease of 3 to 8% of our lean muscle yeah, mass. Yeah, that sounds pretty right, yeah. Uh, we're obviously talking a lot about strength training, being in the gym. Is walking or the likes of Pilates enough to prevent that muscle mass loss? Yeah, to an extent. So it's probably more importantly than whether it be strength training, walking, Pilates, whatever type of exercise you engage in, it's about probably finding something that you really enjoy that you can do frequently enough to have enough a high enough a dose of it to, for it to take effect. So I suppose if you probably concentrate on making somebody go to the gym and they don't like it, they're not going to do enough of it for it to actually have an effect. So then you're better off doing any type of activity that you enjoy. Um, we say it with osteoporosis and osteopenia as well. So it's weight-bearing activity is all that we, is suggested in any of the guidelines that are suggested. It's always weight-bearing activity. So that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be gym-based strength training with like weights, whatever. It can be like walking. It can okay. be Pilates. It can be yoga. We just need to have it weight-bearing so that we actually load the structure. So the bones need to be loaded. 
the same way as you would load a muscle like on a squat bones need to be loaded by gravity and by weight bearing on top of that and let's say someone's diagnosed with osteoporosis they've always been a walker they've yes. never done weight training mm -hmm. is weight training then going to be more beneficial than walking um, yeah, probably because it's got a new stimulus. So it's something that the body won't be used to. So we get really used to walking. If you weigh train, for example, yeah. like you get really used to that. So it's something new. It's the new stimulus is going to add to that. And um, probably somebody that has been walking their whole life and is pretty active and is still diagnosed with osteoporosis, it's really important for them to go consult a doctor, dietitian, something like that. So to find yeah. out what the cause of the osteoporosis of is. Of course, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's really important as well. And like obviously diet is really important, but it's for the sake of our conversation, we're focusing on kind of weight training and exercise, yeah. how that can make a difference. Just to give the listeners some facts here. So after the age of 30, now this is specific to females, the rate of bone formation slows. And I've mentioned this earlier on in the show, but I was osteopenic for a while too. So I'm really, really passionate about this topic. During perimenopause then, and in the few years after, you can lose bone mass really quickly. Up to 10 to 15% of your bone mass can be lost in the first five years after menopause and up to 30 to 50% of your bone mass can be lost before the age of 70. Now, they're frightening statistics. And I think when you're a young girl, you kind of forget that you're ever going to age and that this could be a really, really serious illness that you're faced with. So is it ever too late to start doing weight training? Say, no, it's, it's never too late. And just another fact as well, I suppose, in terms of lines, what you're saying, that yes. like over, I think it's fifty percent of women over fifty will uh, suffer like uh, osteopenic or an osteoporotic related stress fracture over time. So, wow. which can cause a huge amount of disability and pain, obviously. So, fifty percent of women, fifty percent of women over, over 50. fifty will suffer from a fracture due to osteopenia or osteoporosis wow. at some time in their life. Okay. So, that suppose stresses the importance of dealing with the issue head on. Um, and just to go back to your question then, I suppose, about is it too late to start strength training? No, it's never too late. But it's really important that if you're somebody who's new to strength training, that you really consult somebody that's really well qualified to deal with the issues that you, you need to face. So like in terms of like stress fractures, whatever, if you've been dealing with stuff like that because you're osteoporosis. Can you just tell us quickly, what exactly is a stress fracture for listeners who might so, know? So a stress fracture would occur in somebody where they lack kind of bone density to do regular daily activity. So whether that person walks or runs or whatever, and if their bone density is low, then we get like a change it's in It's already bone. low. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then as a preventative, like you're saying, go see a professional. Jumping in on that question. Yeah. Often I think our mind just goes straight to all oh, personal trainer because mm -hmm. I want to do maybe more strength training in the gym or strength yeah. training at home. Would you say a personal trainer is the way to go or should people be looking for it? Well, personal trainers are really valuable in this because um, like they're, they're, they actually are experts in their field, you know, so yeah. they're experts in getting people stronger, getting people fitter. But I think somebody who suffers from an actual medical condition like osteoporosis is probably a really good uh, point of contact first is obviously your GP, just to clear yourself for exercise first to make sure that you're actually able to engage yeah. in it. Um, and then probably consult with a physiotherapist or somebody else that's qualified in the area, as a specialist in the area, just to see what level of exercise you're able for first before you get pushed into like a gym setting. Um, and then if you do a couple of weeks, a couple of months with a physiotherapist, that gets you to a level then where you can engage in everything that you'd like to do. Then PT is probably a really good idea because it's somebody that can monitor your activity and make yeah. sure that what you're doing is safe. Yeah, okay. Um, and then if you are... Uh, diagnosed with osteoporosis. Yes. 
So we know we can't stop the bone mass from falling at this stage. Mm -hmm. But if we engage in regular strength training or resistance training, is there a good chance that we can really slow the rate of this loss? Yeah, we can slow it down, definitely. Because bones respond to stress the same way as muscles and other tissues do. So if they respond to the stress, they, we can try to kind of get some regeneration in terms of retaining strength. So yeah. we'll try lessen the effects of the loss, I suppose. We won't ever recover probably what we've lost, but we can try to regain and maintain, yeah. I suppose. And you're going to be hitting two birds with one stone because obviously as we age, there's muscle mass loss Absolutely, going to occur. Yeah. The more muscle mass you can retain, yeah. you're protecting the bones. And the stronger more. our muscles and tissues are around joints and around bones, the more protection they have as we weight bear. So if you're running and if your quads, if your hamstrings, if your calves are stronger when you're hitting the ground, there's going to be less load going through yeah. the bones. So it's all positive. But it's good to know, and especially for those who maybe have osteoporosis or think that you may down the line, to know that you shouldn't be disheartened when you go back and you might see that your bone density has fallen lower, even after you've taken up strength training. Oh, absolutely not. But you can be rest assured that you've definitely slowed well, it's it. It's like everything. We can we can get different results on, say, medical tests or whatever, and we can feel entirely differently. So you deal with it a lot in physiotherapy. You see people with particular injuries, and the injury never goes away. So it's that old thing, if we scan 100 people, 90 of them might have an issue with their back or with their hips. But people who have rehabbed and who are doing the correct things mightn't experience the same amount of pain as somebody else. So it can be the same yeah. with osteoporosis. Yeah. You know, you might have a little change and might get a little bit worse, but as long as you're really strong and you're moving really well and you're yeah. living, really, living a healthy lifestyle, yeah. you mightn't feel the effects of it. But at the end of the day, to be really strong, to be rehabbed, to be moving the right way, you need to see the professional. You only get one body. <laughs> cough, cough, says me and you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, we're a little bit injured from time to time, guys. Yeah. But I think it is just so important to emphasize and remind people that you have one body. Stop putting this off if it's something you've been thinking oh, about doing and seeing the professional. Yeah. Gary, if people do want to get their uh, bone density checked, what road do they go? Well, first consult with your GP, and yes. um, that's a really good starting point for anything like this. And they'll probably refer you on to get maybe a couple of little tests, uh, maybe a DEXA scan, bone uh, density uh, check, and then yeah. start from there. Take it from there. Yeah. Gary Nolan, physiotherapist from Carlo. If people want to find you or get in touch with you, how do they do so? Well, you can find me on Instagram at Nolan Physio, or you can email me at info at nolanphysio.ie. I'd be happy to answer any questions anyone has. Info so. at nolanphysio.ie or at nolanphysio on Instagram. Yeah. Gary, thank you so much for your time today. No we will chat to you me. soon. The KCL or Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that really, really interesting interview. Again, any questions you might have with relation to that, send them into us on our dinnersready.ie text line 083 306 Now, up next, I have an incredibly inspirational man on the line, Aidan Sheridan. Aidan, how are you doing today? Great, now. Thanks for asking. Thank you so much for joining me on the Power Hour today. So, Aidan got in touch with a story that it shook me to my core at, um, at how positive this man is and how he's using movement and fitness to stay positive throughout a really difficult time in his life. Aidan, do you want to tell us um, what you are doing at the moment? Uh, at the moment, I'm planning on the 15th of July to swim the length of the Shannon from Dowra County Cavan all the way 245 days down to Limerick City in 14 days. Absolutely incredible. Um, 
So swimming 245 kilometres in 14 days down the length of the Shannon, how many kilometres would that be a day? Uh, roughly 17. 17 kilometres a day. I tell you, I tried to swim two kilometres once and I <laughs> could hardly keep kicking. I was gone. Um, it and a bit of training. It really does. Before yeah. I get into asking you about your training, you're doing this all in memory of your brother. Tell us yeah. a little bit about dear Mark. Uh, Mark passed away in 2017 of cancer. And mm-hmm. the last conversation I had with Mark, it was on a Friday evening. He was in, in a hospital and he was only after getting diagnosed with cancer. And the previous year, my sister had breast cancer. So when Jennifer got diagnosed with breast cancer, in light of that, I found it a bit difficult to talk to her. Mm-hmm. As fellas do, to talk about women about, about breast cancer and stuff like that. So I decided to run a marathon a week uh, all around Ireland just to show her how much we cared and earn a bit of money for the Irish Cancer Society. 52 so marathons in 52 weeks. We, won, we ended up running 59. Mm. We went over over a quarter. We had them penciled in, so we done them. Oh, my gosh. And, Aidan, were you a runner? Were you into endurance training before any uh, of this? I had run about 25 or 30 before I started the 52. Okay, okay, 25 or 30 kilometres? Marathons, okay, yeah. because I have Over to tell you, two or three year period. brilliant, my own experience, I've only ever ran 21, 22 kilometres, max two or three times, and I can't wrap my head around running over 40 let alone doing it every single week for 59 weeks and you've done this to raise money for breast cancer ireland um, breast cancer ireland, yeah. yeah and your sister she's doing she's doing really good she, nowadays she she yeah she made a full recovery incredible and she's flying now thanks very much. incredible sending yeah. sending our love to jennifer um and yeah. what an amazing achievement for you to undertake and your body was doing okay after that was, was running yeah, I was, it was getting stronger as the weeks went down to be honest i think one of my fastest marathons was around 40 I think absolutely incredible and yeah. what time was that um, marathon in oh I think it was in around the three and a half hours at that stage but you're, you're built for it around four four and a half you are built for it that is superhuman material that is what I call anyone who can run that fast that many times superhuman um, so then your brother Mark was diagnosed with cancer so, and <laughs> so then when he when he got diagnosed on that Friday evening, yeah. he was slagging me, saying that I had ran all the marathons for Jennifer. What am I going to do for me? You know, as a joke. And I said, I said, I talked about it on Monday. I was going to call up to Galway Hospital on Monday morning because I was off on the Monday. And unfortunately, he passed away on the Monday. So we never got to chat, tell him what, what I was planning or anything. So and that's Aiden... why we're doing it in his memory. It was obviously very unexpected. Oh, it was. He was he was up on the Sunday watching the All Ireland final, not not a bother on him, and just took a turn in the middle of the night and passed away. Well, Aidan, we're sending our condolences. No matter how much time passes, that's always really yeah. difficult to accept and to deal with. Um, but instead of of shying away from it all, you're you're facing up to it by swimming the length of the Shannon. Yeah, Incredible. so it'll be he'll be with me anyway. It'll. Be, it'll and try and raise as much awareness and funds for the Irish Cancer Society and East Galway and Midlands Cancer Sport because 
So come here, I want to ask you a little bit more about your training, but if someone does want to donate, how do they go about it? Uh, it uh, Google Sheridan Swims the Shannon. Uh, the, the links will come up. Or I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page at Sheridan Swims the Shannon. And all the links are in the bios there. Great. And what I'm going to do after the Power Hour this evening is link all of those on my own Instagram as well. So hopefully we'll get plenty of donations over your uh, way. Thanks very much. So the 15th of July, you are going to take on 14 days swimming the length of the Shannon. Swimming. Yeah. So we know you're a superhuman with regards to running because you've run 52 mar- 59 marathons in a year. Um, how was your swim experience? Would you have been a swimmer before this? No. The, the, the only experience I had with swimming competitively was when I was in national school. Okay. Uh, one of my teachers uh, was short, someone to swim the freestyle in a 50-meter uh, competition one day in Athlone. And I stuck up my hand and said, I'll do it for you, sir. And mm. we, I, he rang my mother to see if he thought I'd be able. So she said, bring him with you. I was only 10, I think. Brilliant. And she left out my gear at the door, and we, we travelled over that lawn. And when I opened the gear bag, all that was in it was a pair of Bermuda shorts. <laughs> a big, bright yellow pair. With I no don't believe you. Honest to God. So I got up on the line in the pool, and I looked across at all the boys and their speedos, and <laughs> I was second from the right. It was like, I can remember right it was yesterday. So they shot off with the whistle, and I dived in, and my Bermudas fell down around my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was trying to swim up to the surface and pull them up at the same time by the time I got up they were on the way back and I said I'd never swim competitively again <laughs> <laughs> that was my last experience now. I can be, how I did the swim go that day? That. did you win anything on that day or did that I maybe? I did not no, home, the choke was a little home, uh, very embarrassed and I didn't, I didn't get into the pool for a long, long time I after don't blame me that would leave a scar oh, no. a scar yeah. deep inside yeah. um, but talk about uh, going back and facing your fears going, yeah. <laughs> going from that to not just a small dip in the pool but yeah. swimming the Shannon I presume yeah. now you have a, a solid wetsuit and not, not the shorts anymore with a good zip Oh, good. Thank God for that. Do you know, it's a good point to make because I went for a sea dip recently and the zip opened oh, on me as I was oh, swimming. Okay. So, you know, you need you need the gear when you, you are in the cold water. What temperatures would the water be at the moment for your training? Oh, I'm in the pool. I haven't gone out in the open water yet. Okay, okay, very good. Uh, the only few dips I had were in and out, just, just Christmas Day and bits and pieces like that, but uh, no swimming because I, would, I wouldn't get the distance. No, and I suppose, will the temperature of the Shannon increase a little bit come March, July? Well, yeah, over the, come the middle of March, start of April, it'll, it'll be comfortable enough to swim swim along distance in the wetsuit. Okay, fantastic. And tell me this, what distances are you at at the moment? So you're planning on doing up to 17 kilometres a day yeah. come July, but at the moment, yeah. where are you at? Uh, in the pool now, I swim uh, every morning before work, so I tip in there at about six, and I get to 5 or 6k in and then I hit it work. I think for people listening at home who have never swam before like 5 to 6 kilometres is a lot of swimming that early in the morning before you start your day's work Aiden, yeah. it is incredible, it's so inspirational, I am in awe put in the work, I don't I, I, you see I, I wouldn't be a huge 
trainer over the years mm-hmm. and when I came home here and told them my idea they started laughing at me because I come up with some some mad ideas of things to do you know yeah and we were wanted to come up with a name for the event so I have Sheridan Swim for Shannon now but before that name came on board they wanted to call it Can the Chancellor Swim for Cancer oh <laughs> it's a very good one too <laughs> yes. But we scrapped that in the end. So they said that they, I have to put in the hours in the pool, or they wouldn't. They wouldn't um, stand by me and help me out. Exactly. So come here. You're heading to start your open water swimming. When exactly? Um, oh, it'll be March, April. March, April, and I presume yeah. you're going to be posting about kind of the whole journey, especially when you start oh, will, that yeah. on your yeah. Facebook and Instagram, Instagram then, channels. Yeah. yeah, and your yeah. Instagram handle, I'll share it on my own Instagram after the show, but what would that be if people want to go and find you? It is Sheridan Swims the Shannon. Sheridan Swims the Shannon. Aiden, yeah. I have one more question for you because I think people at home are probably wondering. You said the last time you swam you were 10 years old. You haven't swam since. You're well, not I have, much... You know, I have swam going away and a little bit, no, yeah. I actually... Now, I lie there because I, I did swim about four years ago. I did an Ironman. Ah. I, I trained for that, and I did the swimming for that. Fantastic. So that, that, was, that was the first time I started getting back into swimming a bit. Okay. I happened on Anthony since that was about three years ago. But, you know, it's just it's showing people at home two things. Number one, how you can use movement and fitness to stay positive throughout what was such a really difficult time in your life. Um, yes. And number two, it's never too late to kind of get up and take on a new challenge. Oh, no, not at all. You're never supposed to ask a woman her age. Am I allowed to ask a man his age? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 43. 43. Aiden, yeah, incredible that you're going back and doing You're only a baby. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, Aiden, I'm going to link everything on my own Instagram. Again, if people just Google Aiden Swims the Shannon. Sure. Sheridan swims the Shannon. Sheridan swims the Shannon. They'll find all the donation links for yeah, your amazing challenge. Everything there, yeah. Brilliant. So that is the fifteenth of July. You're the swimming two hundred and forty-five yeah. kilometers in fourteen days. Yeah, and I'll have the details of the areas. I have I have mapped out from where I'm stopping each evening and stuff. So if anyone is is living in the areas, they can come down and cheer me on coming in or whatever. We'll have a Amazing a bit of a barbecue because I'm planning to do it in a camper van so along the way. Yeah. yeah. So every evening we'll have a probably a little barbecue with the camper van and a bit of a chat. And a I'll definitely try get down there myself when you're doing it to support and cheer you on, Aiden. It's absolutely incredible what you're doing in memory of your brother Mark, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish you the best with it all. I can't wait to follow along your journey and thank you so much for joining us here on the Power Hour on KCLR today. Ah, uh, thanks very much for having me. Pleasure. Okay. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. The KCLOR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Power Hour. The Power Hour Fitness Funny. Now, each week, I tell you a funny fitness story just to remind you that we are all human. So this is what we got in from Bella during the week. I was running on the treadmill mid-workout when a guy approached and made a sign that he wanted to talk now we thought this was nice because we just had valentine's day so bella was listening to music she was pretty confused because she was sure she hadn't been on the treadmill too long there was another treadmill free she slowed down took the music out and he asked her out 
mid-run, sweat flying everywhere, he went straight up and asked her on a date. I have to admire that level of confidence. How whenever Bella was engaged. So the rest of Bella's workout was very awkward. But listen, we have to admire his confidence. Now moving on to our next weekly fill here on the Power Hour. Clearing up those misconceptions. The Power Hour One Minute Myth Bust. So our quick one minute miss one minute myth bust for you. Try say that twenty times quickly. Vegetable crisps are the same as eating vegetables. Absolutely not. Let's bust that myth now. Sure, we know potato chips are no good for you, but you see these kind of healthy carrot chips or beet chips or zucchini chips. Guys, they're often packed with salt and saturated fat, making them worse for you than actual healthy snacks like nuts and seeds. So let's ditch the vegetable crisps. And come here, your homework for this week, your cheer challenge. Last week, I got you to try and drink a glass of water every morning. This week, I would love for you to try and have two meals with plenty of colour. That's all I want you to do. Look to your lunch, look to your dinner and add in a new vegetable, add in more colour. Everyone, thank you so much for joining me here on the Power Hour on KCLR. It is Natalie Lennon. I cannot wait to be back with you next week at 6pm on Wednesday with a wonderful guest here in studio. Um, in the meantime, you can contact me on my Instagram at Natalie Lennon underscore with any questions or feedback that you might have from this week's show. I will talk to you all very, very soon.